Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, on this episode of the GH Report, Carly pleads temporary insanity, Peter is looking for anybody to break him out of jail, and is Michael on Danelle schemes? We'll talk about all that and more next. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. We're back. Get excited, folks. It's another Sunday edition of the GH Report coming right to you. Yes, it is. We're breaking down every episode that happened this past week on Port Char- in Port Charles on General Hospital. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Moran. And I'm your co-host, Carla Renata. And, of course, folks, you know what? Like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And, folks, hop in the chat. I know Carla's got it up and running. She said you're already on there just have chatting away running. already. I'll give a few shout-outs before we get started to Miss Bubbles, Miss Yaki, Rena Sheen, Miss Kelly. Who else is up in here? Stuart Pierce. I think I got everybody. If I miss somebody, let me know. Right, Chelsea Brown. There you go. Go and Boom. share your thoughts about what's happening in Port Charles, uh, whether it be this past week or just you know anything that is on your mind. Uh, but before we dive in deep into the week, what did you think of just the, the the whole week in general? You know, it was kind of a slow burn for me this week in general. It was a slow burn, but I kind of like the fact that we're finally getting close to a resolve with that nail storyline because that was wearing me down to a frazzle was so over it but what i kind of don't enjoy about it is um what's happening with carly which we'll talk about in depth a little bit in a little bit yeah and some stuff that happened with peter too i'm like "Mm, really this is how we gonna go with this i don't know how i feel about that uh, I will say, yeah, I would agree. It's kind of just an overall, you know, just like, okay, weak. But uh, I do like something that we talked about before in the past that in terms of Anna giving her some other stuff to play than just the, the angst. The angry, the angry, upset, distraught mother who doesn't know her son knows she's yeah. his mother. I was like, oh, Lord, but please. Just to get some stuff with her and Finn. It was yeah. just like, all right, thank you. Thank that you. That was nice. Yes. To have that distraction there. Ugh. And to have her and to have them bring her character back to some type of a semblance of the normal Anna Devane. Because eventually throughout the week she started to get back to the normal Anna Devane until that moment where she had to talk to Robin. Then she was oh. back to weepy Anna again. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we're going to jump right into it, and the first thing you were mentioning it there, why don't we just talk about Carly, because she starts the week having to decide how she's going to plead, whether it's going to be not guilty or not guilty by reason of temporary insanity. You know, I feel like, and I saw a couple of people mention this on Twitter in regards to this, I feel like there's part, I feel very conflicted about Carly and her little dilemma. There's part of me that feels like it is payback for, for some of the stuff she's done in the past. And part of me is like, wow, this is not the time for this to be going down. Not with Mike and his dementia and 
Michael with Nell. Like, this is not the time for Sonny's attention to be split. So I'm very conflicted about what's going on with her. But what I real, but there's also that part of me that doesn't want her to give up. And that, which brings me to, I love the fact that they had those jail scenes back to back with first Sonny coming saying, look, would you rather spend two weeks in jail or would you rather spend 25 years? You know, which one would you rather do? And if that's the choice you're going to give somebody, then of course they're going to plead insanity. But then Jason comes right behind that and is like, yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> and And what broke my heart is her saying, yeah, even if Spinelli can prove that she bought the blanket, that she bought the scarf, that, you know, for some reason she bought something that made me not see the writing on the flyer, that still doesn't prove that I didn't push her down the stairs. Yeah, but my my other thing, too, about that is that, well, you know, what about uh, guilty until proven innocent? Because there is no proof that she did push that, put, push her down the stairs. There's no proof except for Nell saying it, so. Yeah. But, but there was also the proof of... Um, everybody at that event, at that baby shower, seeing her totally spiral out of control. Like, I think if if at the baby shower she hadn't spiraled out of control and it hadn't been a slow burn of her popping off at nail every chance she got, I think the situation for her would be a little different. But because leading up to that event, and especially that event in particular where it happened, I feel like because she was just like, wow, the whole time, it does. It just doesn't look good for her. You have all those witnesses that can say, "Yeah, I saw her be really irate." You know, you you get enough people like that in front of a judge saying that the judge has no choice but to say, "Okay, yeah, yeah, something's wrong with you." But I also think too, if that is Spinelli and Jason are able to track down the scarf, uh, the the blanket, a uh, few of the things to actually prove that yes, these things were created and created by Nell to screw with Carly. I feel like that at least puts her. Uh, her accusal of Carly in doubt because if she's been able to kind of manipulate her in these fashions, why wouldn't she be also lying about pushing, having saying she pushed her down the stairs? But even Carly said when Jason came to visit her, even Carly said, yeah, even if all these things can be proven, <laughs> there's still nobody to say that I didn't push her down the stairs. And then Jason says, but what it will prove is that Nell was lying, which you're saying would cause doubt and cast that doubt over her. But she's pregnant, so between the two of them, you really think a, a judge going to throw a pregnant woman in jail? I mean, it's been done, but I think that Nell would take somebody out before she lets somebody drag her to jail. Well, I think the saving grace of this whole thing will be Michael. Now that I mean, so with him, I love that it's great that uh, that he's playing Nell as well, being smart, playing her, and whatever he, he reveals, playing her like a fiddle, isn't he? He's gonna, she's gonna <laughs> snap and lose it. I could see them tripping up, uh, him finding out some nugget, give it to Diane right there in the middle of court. She's gonna give it, and Nell's gonna flip out, and everybody's gonna like, whoa, and then Carly's gonna be able to get out. Yep, single white female's about to go down. <laughs> what I like was the scene between Michael and Jason because of. One, anytime you know Nell's around, first, if she... She's listening and lurking around a corner somewhere. But wait, why was she sitting on... First of all, why was she sitting on the floor? If you're supposed to be pregnant, you can't get off the floor that easily, that quick. Did you see how quick she got up off that floor? I'm like, okay, you know what? This is shenanigans. I can't with you right now. <laughs> if I were Jason and I saw Nell say, oh, I'll, I'll get out of the way so you two can talk. Uh, if I were Jason, I would escort Michael through the the, the, the little uh, quarter foyer out to the patio and back, close those <laughs> doors, and then have that conversation. 
The fact that you're going to stay in that study and chat, <laughs> get out of here. Because you know that Nell's going to be listening. And what I like, though, is that, that and I feel like Jason picked up on it, too. Yeah, what? he did. Because yes. remember how he looked back when he left? Yeah. When Michael said... I'm doing whatever I need to do to take to to look after my family. Yes. And he said, but your family is Carly. And he said, that's what I said. I'll do anything to look after my family. He did everything short of going wink, wink. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, Jason and yeah. Michael. I'm I'm glad because remember in the beginning with the relationship when he was with Nell, he was so not trying to hear anything Carly had to say in regards to Nell and then she lied and then he was like yeah I can't be with you because you're lying so he knows firsthand that she's capable of lying huge big ginormous lies he just doesn't know to what extent that's why who did he call to have somebody check her out Spinelli, Spinelli. so when wait till Spinelli comes back with the dirt on her oh I can't wait to see what it is because you know it's going to be epic I cannot wait and as much uh you know, Billy Miller's great. Uh, it came. It was fun to watch as uh, Jake Doe, and it's been great as Drew, especially as he's finding his own identity. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's just something about seeing Steve Burton back as Jason in those I scenes with Carly him. and with Michael. That because just, there's a history there. Yes. There's a history there. It's history there, and it's. It's like I remember when he first came back. You were like, "Yeah, but uh, I don't know." I'm like, "Look, there's only one Jason for me, and that's Steve Burton." I'm just saying that is the only Jason for me. If they're gonna take Jason off, they need to kill him off and kill him off good, so he can't come back from another soap opera. <laughs> I don't think they could. I think now they realize they can never kill off uh, <laughs> Jason Morgan. They can't. They can't. It's too, it's too good. He's gonna be with us for a long time. Uh, now, folks, uh, Michael has figured out his way, uh, that Nell's onto something, so he's learning a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if you also want to learn and grow in all aspects of your life, hopefully to prevent somebody from trying to uh, pull a scheme on you as well, you know what you can do? You can go to Conversations with Marie Menounos on iTunes, subscribe to it. It's created by none other than, none other than our AfterBuzz TV founder, Marie Menounos. It drops on iTunes every single Friday. Feature celebrity and influencer interviews. They cover health and wellness, fitness, fashion, basically all aspects of life. So let Marie be the big sister that you never had. Just go to iTunes and subscribe. And when you do, let her know that it was Carla from the GH Report that got you there. Conversations with Marie Menounos podcast edition. Check it out. Yes, check it out. So uh, the the, uh, the next storyline is we've got Peter slash Heinrich. Yes. In jail. Yes. Uh, he is looking to wheel and deal as much as possible to get... Anybody or any uh, everybody and anybody to get him out of that prison cell. You know, and <laughs> this is what I have to say about that. You would think that after all the drama Valentin went through with Anna and with Nina, especially when Nina found out the shenanigans that he'd been up to that he didn't even confide in her about and that involved snatching somebody's baby and all of that, you would think that if he really, truly wanted to turn over a new leaf and have a new life, that he would, you know, make Nina his priority. Make Nina and his kid his priority. Uh, but no. What does he do? He switched places with Peter in jail. I'm like, I can't even. How did that even happen? Did he have a key? Like, I don't understand. I, I, well, I, Valentine, I'm sure, uh, well-versed. He's WSB trained. He can pick that prison lock. Child, I was like, that was just way... And then this is the thing that killed me. So after Peter gets out of jail, what does he do? He goes back to his apartment and packs up. He goes back... Did he go back to the office? No, he just went back to his apartment to pack up. He goes to grab the little flash drive that he hid underneath the drawer, takes it off the tape, right? 
has it in his hand. Why is the flash drive in your hand? If the flash drive contains such integral information that's going to help somebody brain map, why why are you walking around with it in your hand? Why is it not in a case? Why is it not in your pocket? No, it's in his hand, which which unceremoniously gets dropped as he's being dragged through the... Oops. Oops. (laughs) See, that was Peter's ghost coming for me. (laughs) As he's getting dragged through the foyer, wherever he was being dragged in. And who do we think that was dragging him? I don't think it was Nina. You don't think so? No. I don't think it was Nina. But I don't think there's any way that... Because the legs were bigger. When they showed the legs of the person that was dragging him, the legs were bigger than Nina's legs. Nina got chicken legs. There's no way. Do you think she got Curtis to do it? I don't know if it was Curtis. Might have even been Drew. No, it wouldn't have been Drew. You don't think? I well, I don't know, because like Drew and Nina haven't really had any sort of relationship. So I feel like that would be... And the fact that it seemed like he was talking to Dr. Uh, Maddox at the time that the cell seemed to be going down. So I don't think it's... I don't but think that would Drew's throw us there. a curve if it was. You know what I'm saying? That would be something that the audience didn't see coming, which lately we've seen a lot of stuff coming. So that would be some really... Um, ingenious writing to not have us see what's coming next in terms of that storyline. Well, to, to broaden it out a little bit with the uh, the Peter August story is that we also get Obrecht uh, back in play to go. I you know, love her. See her grandson, uh, but then also to call out Anna and saying, "Hey, uh, because of your shenanigans, using that Carla Verna <laughs> yep. shenanigans." That's right. Uh, yes. But because that, uh, good old Nathan's dead, which means, you know, I'm going to make you uh, visit payback upon you, making him seem like, hey, I'm coming for for Peter, and I'm going to eliminate him. So when Peter does get abducted, I thought it was going to be Obrecht. I was like, nah, it's Obrecht. No, I don't think it's her either. But no, I mean, it's Nina coming in at the end of the episode. I I think Nina, I think Nina put it in place to have him abducted but it wasn't her because remember when she was in the hospital room visiting Maxie she checked her her phone popped off and she checked her phone and she said she had to go take care of something and that it wasn't Valentine and it wasn't Crimson so it had to have been somebody else it wasn't her I I could only the only other person I can imagine it's got to be Curtis where it's too obvious of a choice I think though then who else would it be though I'm just saying, it's somebody that we. It may be a new character that they're introducing. Somebody that we, you know how they do. Just, a new character shows up out of nowhere. You're like, ooh, who is that? Uh, yeah, just a you know, special day player. Uh, I'm thug. <laughs> I, I am thug number one. I'm abducting thug you. Thug number one, no. <laughs> thing number one and thing number two. I don't know. I don't know who it was, but it, you know, it could have been anybody. Because when they show, like, all of a sudden then Peter starts flashing back to everything that happened. And uh, he re- he remembers him getting himself injected with something. But then he also kind of remembers him kind of being dragged along and, and just... And dropping the flash drive yes. out of his hand. That made me laugh. I laughed out loud <laughs> when I saw that. I'm like, that is just... I don't even know what kind of shenanigan that is. That was just craziness. So I'm... Uh, that I'm curious to see is a story point that the, the flash drive is just out there in the general world. Or did that person that was dragging him notice it, and then they also they picked up the flash drive as well? I think it's out there in the general world. I don't think the person dragging him, I'm, and I'm assuming, I don't think the person dragging him saw the flash drive. Because they, you know, they looked like they was in a hurry to like drag him someplace to tie him up so and get out before they were seen. Although, I feel like Curtis, if it was... Because Curtis is strong enough that he could... I mean, the, you but see Curtis the guy is in that not gym. that messy, though. Curtis is not that messy. Curtis would have had that flash drive. He would have contacted Nina on that phone and said, I got him, but I got the flash drive, too. 
I feel like a, you know what I mean. Yeah, a strong man would have been able to, as big as as Peter August is, you could you know fireman carry him, throw him over your shoulder, especially if he's knocked out. <laughs> Did you say go. fireman carry him? Yeah, okay, the fact that funny. he's been uh, dragged around makes it make, makes me think that it could be a woman. I doubt it could be Nina, as you agree, but maybe it is a maybe it is a maybe Nina it and Obrecht. It could be a Nina Obrecht. Maybe it's Lulu. Could be Lulu. Oh, yeah, but I but. I feel like if that's the case, then it would be Lulu and Maxie scheming about that, which then why would Nina well, Lulu not be and Maxie are scheming, but I don't think that there's I don't think that their scheming is gonna get anywhere because um remember he left that letter for her. So I think what's gonna happen is she's gonna read that letter and she's gonna be feeling some kind of way. Like she already was feeling some kind of way when they did the flashback where she thought, Do you think he really was in that room? Oh, where she was dreaming? Uh huh. <laughs> no. Okay. Because for a because for a minute it looked like oh maybe he really was here, <laughs> but um yeah. So when they did that little flashback dream thing of her of him coming in there trying to explain why he wasn't there and she wakes up from the nightmare and, and Nina wakes her up out of out of that <laughs> like I think that because in the beginning of that little nightmare thing. Maxie still was like, oh, where were you? La, 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 la. I think she still, like, I think she had gotten to the point where she was starting to feel something for him. And I think it's going to be, I think that her next, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Challenge is going to be her divorcing her feelings from who she thought Peter was compared to who he really is and what he's done. Do you, uh, do you see a road that uh, that Peter and Maxie can be getting back together or getting together in a kind of romantic fashion? It's a soap opera. Anything could happen. I mean, I would hate to see that because that would just invalidate everything that's happened for months for me. It would invalidate it? How so? It would invalidate it because then, you know, remember all this popping off that Maxie was doing before she found before she knew that Peter August was Heinrich, talking about how what a horrible person he is and how bad she talked about Faison. Well, Faison is his dad. So how long how much of a relationship do you think they're gonna have with her popping off about his father, regardless of the fact that he didn't like his father either? It's still his dad. Just like Anna is still his mom. You know, after a while, you get tired of hearing somebody dogging out your parents, and you're like, okay, now wait a minute. He might not have been a good person, but he's still my father. I'm going to need you to shut up. I don't think you're ever going to see Peter August say that. I don't know. Stranger things have happened. There's not been one time where he's ever said anything nice about Faison. But but he hasn't been in a situation where somebody has been constantly dogging him out to his face, knowing that that's his dad. I'm just saying, there's a thing that happens with parents and children I don't care how horrible your parent is if you have just an inkling of a love for the fact that they're your parent after a while you get tired of somebody dogging them out but it's a soap opera so anything could happen feel free to dog out my parents anytime <laughs> I would I'm, never I have zero no, I would I'm never good. dog out anybody's parents but if somebody <laughs> comes to my mother and father it's going to be consequences and repercussions I'm just saying throat punches for everybody <laughs> yes <laughs> I will be duking it out with the world. <laughs> so Peter, while he's stuck there in PCPD, he's trying to make any sort of deal he can to, uh, to be able to get somebody to help him out. Mm-hmm. So he uh, hits up Drew. That's his first, his only call is to Drew. Say, mm-hmm. hey, guess what? If uh, you want your memories back, I got a flash drive with a, uh, that's full of them. You break me out. Which I, I love that we're living in a world where it's just so easy to bust somebody out of jail that that can be an that's, actual go-to for somebody. Right, that's what was killing me about that. I was like... 
Because when they cut back to it and they were and he was gone and bound, I was like, really? So that was that easy to do? I'm like, I don't buy that at all. That was like that was like the biggest unbelievable thing ever. I'm like, no. Because I have to admit, if I was in any sort of circumstance, which I would be so surprised if I were, but if somebody came to me and said, hey, guess what? I've got something you really need bad. Get me out of jail. And I... <laughs> And I'll give it to you. I'm like, I would have no idea where to start. First of all, I wouldn't trust them. They've been telling me stuff my whole life that's been a lie. Why would I trust them about that? Like, you got to have one eye open at some point when somebody is has dogged you out that often. You can't just keep giving them chance after chance after chance because that makes you look stupid after a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Drew says, nope, guess what? I'd rather uh, do the memory mapping uh, re- restoring sequence without my flash drive. Uh, I'll take my chances. I'm not going to help you out because you're a jerk. Yeah, and then Kim goes to Sam. Did she go to Sam or she went to Jason? I can't remember. She went to Jason. Jason. She went to Jason and she says, you know, you got to stop him from doing this. And Jason's like, he's the last person I'm going to, I mean, I'm the last person he's going to listen to. So, you know, I can't help you. And she looked a little devastated. And she's like, but that's your brother. Like, you can't. And he's like, "Mm -mm, nope, sorry, got to go. Yeah, they're... (laughs) I was maybe hoping through this there might be at least some kind of uh, kind of uh, bridge uh, fences mended in terms of like oh maybe we can start on the road to maybe kind of connecting in some fashion as brothers, but so nah. far as of right now that nah. is not happening with the story. But uh, well, they had a little bit of connection when Drew saved uh, Drew saved Franco, but not them two. Yes, no. and it is because that's something we really haven't talked about much at all. Where Kim says, you know, well, Jason, you know, you guess what, you're an uncle. You've got, you've got a nephew. His name's Oscar. Right. That was the only time she ever... Isn't that the only time she's ever really said that? Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, so we just going to drop that. We're going we gonna to put that on top of, can you save this guy that I love? Can you save him? And, you know, this would be devastating to your nephew, too. Wink, wink. And I'm just like, yeah, that's not going to work. But I did like that moment where uh, Jason does tell her, like, all right, if somebody was trying to convince me of something, even if I was dead set uh, about doing it, how would somebody talk me out of it? And they kind of broke it down mm-hmm. where... He, it would ultimately be Carly. It would be like that one person that could break through mm-hmm. to him, and maybe mm-hmm. that Kim could be that same person for Drew. As of yet, Drew has not been able to give her that opportunity no. to be that person. But what's also interesting about that is that both Sam and Kim don't want him to have that done. And I'm just kind of like, why doesn't Sam want him to have it done? Is she still, like, pining for him? Or? Well, I well, I don't know if she doesn't want it done, but if it's going to happen, she wants him to at least have a flash drive to offer the greatest chance of success of restoring his original memories? I just think when it comes to playing with anybody's brain, that's just a slippery slope to go down, and I wouldn't be doing that without some definitive scientific, you know, stuff happening. Uh, yeah, which I, it was interesting to see the scenes between Drew and Dr. Maddox, where it's first off, hey, uh, I've thought about it, we should meet and talk. Hey, guess what? Uh, I'm going to do it. I, I know where the flash drive is. Uh, I'm not going to get it, though, because a bad guy's got it. Uh, so let's just go with the, and he's like, you know what? If I don't have the flash drive, I can't do this, Drew. To by the end of it goes, all right, I'll give you three days, and we're not going to do the, <laughs> we're not going to do the procedure until the very end of the third day, just in case you change your mind. I'm so I'm really over that little storyline right there. But you know what? I'm not over, which I knew was going to blow up eventually, was that freaking Doctor Bench. Yes. <sighs> Doctor Bench and Kiki. 
I knew it was a matter of time before them fangs would come all the way out. When he slips her that key and says, come to my room, and she finally just has a nervous breakdown. I'm, and I'm really glad that Elizabeth was the one that saw her breakdown because Elizabeth, Elizabeth was like, yeah, no, this is not okay. Come with me. <laughs> We're going to do something about this. But what really sucked, and this is why... In real life, this is why women, when this happens to them, they don't speak up. Because what happens? Elizabeth and Kiki go to Monica Quartermain to tell her what's happened. And she's like, unless you have proof and witnesses, there's nothing we can do. You, HR has to handle this. I'm like, wow, really? That kind of sucks for Kiki. Because so now he's going to know that she ratted him out. And he's going to really come for her both barrels blazing. He might even make her look crazy. He might just make her have a nervous breakdown for real. Yeah, it is uh, interesting the way that this is playing out. I, you know, I mean, when you see that scene in The Office with Monica where she's like, yeah, they, what we as a society have moved forward towards this, the, the laws themselves have been slow to keep no, up. No, I mean, it's just, and it's, it's horrible. Like, I remember... Just to put this in a personal perspective, I remember I was working with someone in a play where the, after I said I didn't want to be bothered anymore, they kept coming for me to the point where I literally, we were in a play together and I literally was underdressing my street clothes under my costume so that when the curtain went down, I could take my costume and my wig off and bounce to my car. Like, that's how bad it was. And one night, I did that, and I went flying to my car. And usually, I have my car keys in my hand, but this particular night, I didn't. And I'm scrounging in my bag looking for my keys. And while I'm doing that, this fool is behind me going, hey, Carla, you leaving already? It was, the cre it was like a scene out of a horror movie. It was the creepiest thing ever. And I didn't say anything because in the beginning I did encourage this person and flirt with this person. But once I but once you say but once it gets to a point where you say no, no should mean no. Period. No should just mean no. No means I don't want to be bothered. No means I need for you to stop. No means no. And so to put it in context with what's happening with Kiki on General Hospital. Bless you. Excuse me. Bless you. Oh. What's happening in context with her, she, I think she kissed him or something. Did she kiss him at some no, point? No, well, he kissed her. He kissed her. So because he kissed her, it's real easy for him to flip that around and make it seem like she, because she's the female in the situation, that she did something, said something, wore something to entice him to want to kiss her. And now it's escalated to this point. It's really hard to, to not prove that she's at fault and she should never be at fault not when you say no not when you say no I never said anything because I knew how it was going to play out because this was before me too and time's up and all that I knew that if I had said something in my situation that my situation with that person was going to get a hundred times worse because then they were because they were going to confront him and then he was going to know I was the person that ratted him out and he was going to make my life miserable and then Nothing was going to happen to him. He wasn't going to lose his job. He wouldn't lose his job. They wouldn't do anything to him. And all that was going to happen in that situation was me being harassed and it being flipped around going, well, why did you encourage him in the first place? It, it, it always gets blamed on the, the female, which is not right. And so I like the fact that they've had a slow burn on that situation just to show the progression of how an aggressor in that situation goes about 
plotting their little deviant scheme to to make you or to blackmail you into what they want you to do against your own will. I like how they're playing that out so that some young people that may be watching general some young girl in a hospital or some young girl in college or some young girl in whatever situation that she's in that is a fan of General Hospital is watching it and sees that no, you don't have to sit in silence and, and take that on by yourself. You can tell somebody and somebody can help you. Like, I don't know how it'll play out. I don't know how she'll go about getting this help, Kiki, on, on GH. But it's it's nice that they're letting young people know that that is an option. And GH has never been one to shy away from those types of topics. So I'm glad that they're attacking it that way. Yeah, it's uh... – yeah, it's interesting where they, if Kiki wants to actually officially open an investigation, that uh, she's got to do it just on the, on the hope that there may be somebody else out there. But, I mean, you know, as soon as Dr. Bench gets under this, I mean, there's really nobody else. Unless he's been doing it to a bunch of people that we've not seen about, it's obvious that it's Kiki. And that's scary for the person that's going to make that first, I think, that first step Exactly. Forward. And hopefully he was at another hospital where he did this before, which is why he ended up at GH in the first place. Because remember, he just kind of showed up out of nowhere. Like, one, one day he wasn't there, and the next day he was, was like, oh, who's this new doctor? Where did he come from? <laughs> so I'm hoping that, just like with Nell, same thing with Nell. Nell just showed up in Port Charles one day. So I'm hoping that they, with the storyline, that they take the opportunity to do, somebody does a little digging into Dr. Bench's background to find out if this is something he's been capable of before and if, if someone was harmed in the process of him and his shenanigans. Uh, yeah, because it's, uh, as Monica says, that uh, if anything happens, if he's found guilty, then he would uh, be suspended, but he would still come back with his job, which... Uh, which sucks. Yeah. That, just like, in my situation, that guy, I could have said something about that guy, but he still would have kept his job. He wouldn't have lost his job over that. That's a, uh, a scary, but it's nice that at least that she's got Elizabeth and... Monica, for as much as she can, given, uh, as she explained, the She situation. had a situation with her, too. Yes. Where if she was in the same situation. So she, part of her being reinstated at the hospital was that she didn't get involved in those types of cases, which that kind of sucks, because that could... Monica could have been her biggest champion in regards to this issue, but she she can't even rely on Monica. But neither Kiki nor Elizabeth knew that before they went to talk to her. They had no idea of knowing that. Elizabeth might have known back in the day, because... Her family does go way back with that hospital in terms of history. So she, yeah. it may have been lurking in the back of her mind, but just not up in the forefront in the moment for her to remember. Yeah, so uh, I will be curious. I'm glad uh, that finally that now, uh, that uh, Kiki has actually opened up to somebody about this. Yeah. And that uh, she does have somebody on her side to be helping her out with this, and she doesn't have to face this entirely alone. But yeah, still. I'm glad. Uh, but it's we see creepy, Do- though. Because well, we see Dr. Bench go to Ava. And looking for a piece of and art. And that for his was creepy. Office. Wasn't that creepy? When he stands there and he goes, Oh, I was looking for something beautiful tonight. I'm like, Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Are you when they when he said that and then they cut to commercial, I'm like, Oh my goodness, he is not gonna come for her mother. Like, really? And then he makes it seem like, you know, Kiki's having some major issues that are affecting her work that have nothing to do with him. So he's trying to get the mom on his side by, you know, citing that, oh, she's so stressed out. He's he's already setting her up. Yep. Oh, she's so stressed out. I just, I don't know. You know, you might want to keep an eye on her. I'm like, seriously? And then who does she go to to confide in about that Griffin who's holding his own little secret about Kiki? It's about to blow up. 
Well, uh, we do see him kind of uh, mention uh, Dr. Uh, Griffin to uh, mention Griffin to Ava. Like, oh, I'm so glad he has you and Griffin in his life. But uh, I feel like at Dr. Bench, Dr. Bench seems very kind of uh, onto it. And he probably notices at least a friendship. Nothing more in terms of, I don't think he has anything, idea that there's anything more between Kiki and Griffin. But at least that they are close. So why not just use that as a potential uh, thing to kind of just stick it into the mix and see what happens. It's just way too much going on. So we mentioned Griffin. Griffin is a man with many secrets that he's been keeping from people, and now the weight of it is starting to to come back on him. I so. know. But, you know, it, as it would for somebody that's been a former priest. As a former priest, he's used to keeping other people's secrets. Keeping his own, however, is proving to be a little bit of a challenge for him. So <laughs> it was interesting to see him and Ava talk, and we get to see Ava kind of be the, uh, the voice of reason mm-hmm. in this situation mm-hmm. because he's... I had this result uh, that he did the uh, the illegal test about mm-hmm. uh, the paternity of Peter August, finding out that it's Heinrich Faison. Sad on it. Uh, Ava, of course, found out about it, but exactly. uh, is playing dumb to the fact. And now, after Griffin has a conversation with Anna, uh, and she's like, "If only," which I love that conversation. If only I'd known even just a couple weeks sooner, I had things may have been different now. No, they wouldn't and, have been different. Diva, <laughs> he still would have had a gun to your head trying to take you out. Like for real, though. Get out of here. I, I like that Griffin has like zero poker face about those because in that moment you look and it cuts a back smirk. to Griffin. And he, had just, a, he had a smirk on his like, face. Yeah, it was just like, oh what? man, what have I done? But uh, Ava says, you know what? If you go and tell her that you knew about this, the only thing that you're doing is trying to make yourself feel, feel better, but you're going to make Anna feel worse. It was really nice to hear her be the voice of reason for once. But again, his his world about to blow up too, because not only is he sitting on the secret that he slept with her daughter, but he's also sleeping on the secret that he had those DNA results and didn't say anything, and he's sleeping on the secret that he knows that Doctor Bench is harassing her daughter. He knows that too, but he hasn't said anything to Ava about that. Yeah, well, but I, I don't know if he knows so much, like. You yeah, he, he does. Why is he always lurking in the background every time Dr. Bench is there? He uh, He's always the one coming to her defense. He has to know something is going down. He might suspect that nobody's ever said anything. Kiki's never opened up to him directly about it. No, so but sure he always happens, interrupts. He always interrupts, though. It's just that, that you know, that great soap opera coincidence. Because <laughs> right, so, you know the moment that Kiki says something to him, he's going to be like... Uh, you know, I, I know that he's been kind of mean to you, and he kind of walked in on situations, but I had no idea. You know, those big eyes. Kiki, I'm so sorry. Why are you, why are you clowning Griffin's eyes? You're not right. You oh, no, I just like, because right. they're just, they always, he just, they get bug-eyed in those situations where he's like, <laughs> uh, I should tell this horrendous secret that I've got on my shoulders. Uh, do you agree with Ava, though, where if you have uh, something, you, a secret of your own that you want to reveal to somebody, do you? Do you agree with her that it's like it's only making yourself feel better? It could only make the person you're trying to tell feel worse. I think in that particular situation, she's right that her that him telling Anna that he knew is just making him feel better. It's it's going to make her worse because then that'll just let her know that somebody else because she was running around town thinking she was the only one that knew that secret other than Valentine. So then when she find if if he tells her and she finds out that he knew too, then she's like, well, this could have been resolved ages ago. It's not going to make a difference. It'll just make her feel bad that she didn't know sooner than she, you know, or that she didn't know that someone else knew sooner than she thought. So, uh, Well, Ava, of course, make it seems very magnanimous. Like, I will keep your secret, Griffin. It's fine. So I can see whenever it blows up between Griffin and Kiki, 
And Ava does find out. She's going to be like, I kept your secret. It's like, Diva, but no, you stole information that he had that you weren't supposed to see in the first place. Now, what would have happened if she took the pictures of those results and it had names attached to it? What would Ava have done with that? When she know. got when she got pissed off at the nurses ball, you know what I'm saying? But she she's so very vindictive. She's very vindictive. I don't even. First of all, I don't even know how he can even stand to still even have a conversation with her and look at her. She's so freaking needy. I'm like, I can't with you. And sadly, it's not just her with that photo. Kiki uh, Nell's got it as well too. So, oh right. I forgot that Nell took the picture. Oh, right. So that could be also something where uh, it's going to find Nell's its way to gonna bite roll around. over. <laughs> She's going to roll over on Ava about that blanket if she gets called out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's going to roll over on Ava. Oh, my God. She's going to talk like a canary. She's going to sing like a canary. <laughs> yes, she will. She's like, oh, if I'm going down, everybody's going down. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, so I, you know, I guess we'll see during the course of the storyline uh, what happens in terms of Kiki and Griffin and Ava. And I don't know. I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week. Do you feel any... We really didn't see anything different this week because they, no. they had no scenes together. So we no. have no idea if it's like... I'm cool that it was just a one and done. That was a that was a thing. Let's just move on. Or if this is going to be the beginning of like, oh man, I can't find my feelings anymore for you. No, I think I think they're going to start to focus more on Carly and Nell and and Jason and Spinelli trying to and Michael trying to trip Nell up. Even Sonny's gotten into gotten into the act because the episode this week ended with Sonny paying Nell a visit. And I love the fact that when she opened the door, he was like, well, look who can answer the door. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, Sonny is back. He's going, I wonder what he's going to say to her, though. What do you think he's going to say to I her? I mean, he's a powerful person. So I feel like, you know, hey, I mean, he's already tried intimidating her. Nothing's happened yet. So well, what do you think he's going to say to her now? I mean, he, he physically went over to the quarter main house to have a little chat chat with her so I'm wondering what he's going to say is he going to try to pay her off is he going to threaten her like what is he going to do no because I feel like he knows Nell is too smart and that anything he does say she's just going to turn around and spin it to Michael so I think he's got to be he can't say too much he can't, he, offering a payoff that's that's going to blow up in his face even though Michael is like aware that hey you know something's fishy with Nell still I don't think that's he, he wouldn't do that to Michael what do you think he's going to say though I don't know. I feel like the only way we're going to find out is... By watching next week. Yeah, by watching tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, Well, one last thing as we're talking about Anna and her secrets too as well is that we, uh, in terms of the Peter August kind of missing, everybody assumes he's on the lam when we really know he's been abducted. Right. But uh, we do have the scene in the hotel room where we've got uh, Anna, Jason, and Robert. Yes. boy Robert! Showing love up again. Robert, Tristan Rogers, I love him. And I like that uh, Jason just gets in there for a couple seconds and immediately flies like where that flash drive was hidden. First of all, I love how Jason was in the background lurking and looking with gloves on while they were having a conversation. And why was Anna up in there with gloves on? She's, not, I mean, she's the WSB, but she's not official like police police. Why was Jordan even allowing her in the room? Because she's his mother. Like I don't understand. Well, but they do. Uh, the w, it is a WSB case, so they do have jurisdiction over it. But uh, getting like the FBI, assist, huh? Yeah, exactly. Okay. But uh, so I did like that. Just that moment between Robert and Jason, where he does thank her for. Uh, everything did to help keep Anna alive. That was nice. That was a nice little moment. Yeah. And and I got the feeling that Jason genuinely is concerned about Anna's well-being because now that Peter has escaped, 
Jason's like, you know you're not safe, right? And she's like, but I'm his mother. And he's like, um, he tried to kill you. That's not going to stop him from trying to kill you again. He, If he don't care that you're his mother watching you, because he's going to come for you again. Uh, and it was, I, I liked, especially when Sam tried to get him to help him break out uh, Drew, or Drew, break out Peter, that he was so protective of Anna in that situation. I was like, can't. He'll come for Anna. I was like, all right, nicely done. Maybe something's going to happen with Jason uh, and yeah, yeah, Maybe it's going to be a May-December romance. You <laughs> never know. But uh, the reason I was bringing that up is that I did like the moment there with Robert and Anna at the end of that. It where was nice. Anna's going to go talk to Robin and kind of spill the beans of what's happening with, in terms of Peter slash It was Heinrich. nice. And she, I mean, I th- now correct me if I'm wrong, I got the impression that she did have the conversation with Robin because Robert says a little later on, you have to give her some space. Oh, she's on her way to have the conversation, and he's telling her what she needs to do. Oh, okay. Because I was like, did they? Because they showed the phone ringing with Robin's face, yes, and they showed her answering the phone, and then the next thing I heard was him saying, "You have to give her some space." I'm like, "Well, dang, did they just skip the conversation? Did I miss something? What's going on?" (laughs) I think that was the conversation just to set up. Hey, I'm going to visit, come out and uh, visit you, okay, California, and I've got something to talk to you about. Okay, all right. But I just liked Robert the way he just handled that. It's like, yeah, you know, it's this is not about you. It's about Robin. You got to let her her at this moment. Don't talk about like you want to hope that Peter forgives you. Let her have this moment for herself. And tell her that she's got a big brother. I'm like, that's going to yeah. go over well, not. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh. You know, and then there was that conversation that Robin had with her about, he was like, did you forget how um, Robin was abducted all those months by Faison and how he reacted in that situation? What do you, what do you think Peter's going to do? He's the son. He like... Whether you want to admit it or not, he might have part of your blood, but he's also got Faison's blood, which doesn't make him exempt to doing something shady. I mean, this is still the same person that had a gun to your face. Even though you told him you were his mother, he still had a gun in your face. And if Jason hadn't shown up, who knows what he would have done. Yeah. Uh, I am excited to see those scenes uh, between Anna and Robin. I think those would be really interesting. And I hope uh, that we get to see them in full effect. And it's not one of those, like, I'm flying out to... Uh, California cut uh, to a week later. <laughs> I just got done talking to Robin. She's yeah, it was rough, but she's you know, it'll processing. depend on whether or not Kimberly McCullough is available. Let's or hope not. so because those would be good to see on camera. Yeah, they uh, they work the other like gangbusters when they get the opportunity. Yeah, I love that too. Uh, I agree. Our, I agree. Uh, before we start wrapping up, we've got some hot news, and we're going over to Carla on the news desk. Oh, I thought you were gonna do it. AfterBuzz TV yeah. News. All right, so kitties, I have found out. A little birdie has told me that as much as we have discussed this here at the GH Report, the ratings at General Hospital are on the decline. What I want to know from you guys in the chat room, since it's more than 30 of you over there, tell me if you think that that is due in part to the nail storyline. Just want to know, just interested to know, because they have canceled the Chew, and as we all remember, the Chew was brought on in place of the cancellation of All My Children, One Life to Live, so, you know, who knows? General Hospital might be on the, um, might be on the chopping block, so we don't know. Um, Also, the young lady that stepped in for Maxie is Molly Burnett from Days of Our Lives, and word has it that Kirsten, Kirsten, Kirsten Storms had the flu. That is why Molly took her place. So let's wish her well. Hope she's over that flu bug. Um, And we also know, but uh, before I move forward with some more news, let's give her a good applause because Molly worked that out. She has some very emotional scenes to do as Maxie in that bed with Nina. And she turned that out. Hey, Molly, 
You did good, girl. <laughs> um, and we have Milo coming back, played by Drew Cheatwood. Let's see what he, what's going to happen when he hits town with Sonny. Those scenes ought to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we're going to see him with uh, Epiphany, maybe? Milo and Epiphany. Did we ever see that? You know, they only try Epiphany out for the nurse's ball and a couple of scenes behind the nurse's station these days, which I hate. Bring Epiphany back. Bring Epiphany back. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, Nell mentioned, or excuse me, Nell. I don't know why I'm calling you Nell. Because she's <laughs> gaslighting me, everybody. Carlos mentioning at the beginning of the show that in the chat you guys are already talking about this but for those of you that aren't in the chat uh, James Reed is, has been cast as Hamilton and Chase's father so we'll be seeing him come on our former Days alum so Wally Kurth is very excited to have him on the canvas right. uh, curious to see how long he's going to be sticking around but given the way that Hamilton's been very sensitive about his family background uh, it should be some it'll uh, be really interesting yeah because Hamilton has not been having it He's uh, not been having it at all. And it certainly feel like Chase is going to have a much better relationship. It seems like. Yeah, because it seemed like Chase had a better relationship than Finn. So yeah. we'll see what happens when he hits Port Charles. People in the chat room seem to agree that the Nell storyline and everything else is, is a little much. And that they feel like the show needs a real story vamp. And they also agree that Molly did a great job filling in for Kirsten. It's just, I mean, gaslighting is a an old soap trope. But I'm wondering, is gaslighting in 2018 like a fun, fun trope to bring back? It's like, is there a fun retro trope that's like, hey, it's cool. We haven't seen a good gaslighting story in a while. Or it's like, oh man, why are we doing gaslighting in 2018? Oh no. So uh, mm. yeah, I, I agree with everybody in the chat that this storyline has dragged on way too long. Yes. And the quicker that we can get it, at least uh, there's a glimmer of hope now with Michael in the mix, and that yes. he's onto Nell's. And then some people are saying that you know maybe it's because there's no Luke and Laura stuff. But Luke is living in Amsterdam, <laughs> and I don't know where Laura is. Yeah, she's uh, supposedly taking care of Spencer in uh, France. So, <laughs> oh, that's who they should bring back. They should bring Spencer back because Spencer has shenanigans when he was on GH. I uh. love that little boy that plays Spencer. He was great. <laughs> Ooh, I used to live for his scenes. There's just a little like it's like Spencer, love him, love him, love him. Then they just take him a one step too far. I'm like, oh man, just too much. Come on, Spencer, get it together. <laughs> uh, all right, so folks, uh, we're going to wrap it up with some rapid fire predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, I'm hoping, my hope is that they don't drag the snail storyline out any further and that we find out, at least through Spinelli, where online, because uh, Jason said that, that there would be a trail of where she purchases stuff online. Um, but I really want them to find. I really want them to divulge that Ava has that blanket and see the fireworks that are going to happen with Ava. That's what I would like to see happen this week because that would be interesting and fun. Over under three weeks for this whole thing to get to a climax. Under. I hope you're right. Please let you be right. And then people in the chat room are saying that in addition to the ratings decline, that they need some sexier, you know, new, interesting characters and to not have the show focus so much on Sonny Corinthos all the time. Well, Harrison Chase is not interesting enough for you folks. We will find out. He sang at the nurse's ball. We will everybody. find out. He played Dick Tracy. We will find out. <laughs> that was so tired. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. Uh, we will be off next week. Yes. And back the following week. Oh, wait, no. Uh oh. Other way around. Uh, we're going to be back next week off the following week. Yes. <laughs> All right. Look at that. 
Making our schedule on the fly. <laughs> the way we love to do it here on the GH Report. So as always, folks, thanks for watching. Like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat. And if you're watching after the show stream live, feel free to comment down below as well. Carla likes nothing more than sitting under a nice <laughs> cup of hot cocoa at night, kicking her feet up and reading your comments. But if you want to stay in touch with us after the show's aired, Carla, where can they find you? You can find me, Carla Renata, across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. You can find my film reviews in association with Black Hollywood Lives, Black Tomatoes at thecurvyfilmcritic.com. And check us out at 5 o'clock right here at Black Hollywood Live Pacific Time, oh, Sundays. <laughs> that, kind of, that, that plug kind of fizzled out at the end there. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie uh, for like general soap opera musings. Uh, feel free to ask questions. <laughs> I'll share thoughts. I'm sure there'll be uh, a lot of beefy thoughts that I'll respond with. Uh, but thanks, folks, for joining us. We'll be back. We will be back here next Sunday, off in two weeks, but back here next Sunday with another edition of the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.